0: What is up Sunday morning? How are you guys doing this morning? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're joining us. Can we give it up for all of our church family that is watching online with us right now? Man, we love you guys. We miss you guys. Can't wait to have you guys back with us at church. We're in the final week of our series that we have been talking about issues and um We've been talking about how every single one of us has some things in our life that are problematic that we would call an issue. And and here's what I know. All of us have some issues. In fact, some of you are sitting next to your issue right here, right now, this morning. Uh, You don't have to point at them or identify them. We, We know that there are some things in our lives that are issues, and it's not the person that's sitting next to you. But all of us. Through our upbringing, through, through the family dynamics that we grew up with, encountered some things and acquired some things that are impacting and affecting us in everyday aspects in our lives. And it's not that our parents meant to do it or wanted to do it. It's just some of the byproducts of environments that we were in have caused some things to be in our life. Uh, that are hindering us today. And so what we've been doing throughout this series is we have been looking at the relationship that Jesus had with God the Father while he was down here on earth. And we think one of the reasons that Jesus' life and ministry was so significant and so impactful is because he knew who he was and what God said about him, which allowed him to walk in an authority, which allowed him to walk in power throughout his ministry here on earth. And so we've been looking at the the two instances where God literally comes down from heaven and speaks to Jesus why he's here on the earth. The first one that we've been talking about happened in Mark uh, chapter one, verses 10 and 11, where Jesus is getting baptized. And it says, as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven came down and said, you are my son, whom I love, and with you, I am well pleased. And then this is right in the beginning of his ministry. Then three years later, uh, another instance at the end of Jesus's ministry, he's at the Mount of Transfiguration, and God again shows up and speaks to him. And he says this in Matthew chapter 17, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son, whom I love, and with him, I am well pleased. So God the Father speaks two times, and both times he says the exact same thing. Why? It's because it's what every child needs, and it's what I believe that you need here today in your life. He says, you are my son. This is all about acceptance, and and the fact that we live in a world where we experience so much rejection by people. We said the very first week that we need to experience God's acceptance, and the way that we overcome man's rejection is by by responding and accepting or receiving God's acceptance in our lives life. And then, then the next one is is whom I love. This is about affection. This is about your love life. And we we dove in and we talked about this last week that we're looking for love in all the wrong places, but there is a place that we can go to uh, in our relationship with God where we can experience what we called agape love, this unconditional love. And when we experience that, it changes everything. We said the love that we experience is going to be the love that we express. And so if we have a shallow love life because we only experience some superficial, love. We're never going to be able to give and receive the love that God has for every single one of our lives. And today we're going to end it with this last statement, with whom I am well pleased. And this is talking about affirmation. And we all need some affirmation in our lives. And I believe the root of our struggles in life with, whether that is in a relationship or that's in our insecurities or anywhere in our life, is rooted in the fact that we are missing one of these three aspects in our life because we said our greatest needs are fulfilled partially by people but perfectly in God. And the problem is, is in life is so many times we're looking to people to fill our affirmation. We're looking to people to fill our love. We're looking to people to fill those insecurities in life. And, And they can do a portion of that, but they don't have the capabilities to fulfill us in the way that we were designed that God wants to fulfill us in life. And so we need to find our love in him. We need to find our acceptance in him. And hopefully today we'll discover the affirmation that we're seeking in God. And so, today I want to start this off by talking about February 9th, 2009. Does anybody know the significance of February 9th, 2009? It is a day that changed history in a very, very profound way. On February 9th, 2009, something happened that has transformed our world. It's transformed how we look at things and how we respond to things. And it wasn't a a new president. It wasn't because there was a terrorist attack. It wasn't because there was some sort of epic thing that took place in the world that changed the trajectory of everything because of a war or because of a famine. It was simply in February 9th of 2009, Facebook introduced the like button. (laughs) This little, anybody ever seen this symbol right here? Anybody ever, ever, ever used this symbol? Maybe on a social media platform. The like button changed everything. In fact, there was a time that before the like button that Facebook just existed so you could connect with people that you haven't connected with in a long time so you could build new and old relationships alike. And then they had this realization as they were getting together and talking that there was something that was dynamic that was missing in people's lives that they thought that they could fulfill because they realized that people had a need for affirmation in life. And so what they did is they decided, you know what, we're going to introduce the like button. Why? Because I want you to like me. Like, we all have a light problem. I got ready this morning, and I got dressed, and I went and looked in the mirror, and I, and I thought to myself, I hope they... Like as I was preparing this message this week and, and going through and putting together my text and thinking through the stories and the jokes that I was gonna tell, you know, the entire time I was hoping and thinking to myself, I hope they... Like some of you ladies this week went out and bought an outfit and walked past your husband seven times... He's like, what are, you, what are you looking for? And you're just hoping that he would. Like, it. <laughs> like I'll preach a message over a weekend and I won't think it's very good. And I'll go fishing for compliments from some of my friends. I'll be like, that message this weekend, huh? What am I doing? I'm trying to get them to. Like yeah. Why? Because. Deep down inside of every single one of us is we have created a world that is thriving for likes. We'll post a picture and, and we'll look five minutes later. Oh man, 30 people liked it. You know, maybe by the time I'm done with this sermon, maybe 45 people will like it. Heck, if it gets to 50, that'd be the most likes ever. That would be so Awesome. I know that this isn't anybody at Coastal, but I know that there are people that post pictures online, and if they don't get enough likes within the first five or six minutes, you know what they do with that picture? They take it, oh, so that's you guys. Okay, okay, I know what's up. All the, all the teenagers and students that are in here, there's some senior adults in here, they're like, oh man, he's just shaming me in this place. Because we've created an entire culture that is dependent on likes. Do you like me? Do you like what I did? Do you like how I feel? Do you like what I said? And what it's done is it's created this world that is screaming for affirmation from people that honestly, they don't even really know. And the side effects of this phenomena is people are dealing with more anxiety, more stress. I mean, the studies that are out there right now of of people that are in depression, attempting and committing suicide because of likes is mind-blowing. We have a problem. And here is the issue this it's normal to be want to be liked by people but it's dangerous when you need to be like listen it's normal to want people to like you it is dangerous when you are living for this thing and when you're living for this thing and you don't get enough of it you're depressed you're angry you're frustrated in life the bible says it like this in proverbs chapter 29 Verse 25, it says this, the fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. So here's the deal. It says the fear of man, this, this, this desire to want to be liked, it will prove to be a snare. The word there is actually translated as a trap. Like the more that you're wanting this in life, what it's doing is internally, it is trapping you, it is putting you in a place that will actually get you hindered and keep you from so much in your life. Instead of caring so much about what people think about you, you gotta start caring about and realizing what God thinks about you. And so I wanna help to release you from this trap here today. And I know that there's a group of people that go, well, Pastor T.J., I'm not even on social media. I'm not living for likes, but here's what I know, is that every single one of us have an approval addiction. We are looking for the approval of people continuously. And here's what I know, is you can't get delivered as long as you're in denial. And some of us, you know what we need today? We need some deliverance. And we've got to get real, and we've got to get honest, and we've got to get transparent with ourselves, because I think that God actually wants to transform us from the inside out. And I'm talking about this because this is something I deal with too. I'm, not, I'm just like you, man. I, I struggle with this. In fact, my com- confession for you today is this, is that what people think about me matters way too much. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to guess if you were to confess what people ma- think about you, probably Matters way too much. As well, and here's why that's important, because God, where God wants to take you, that that authority that He wants to give you in your life that business that he has for you that platform that he is building that that area that he wants to use your gifts and talents to oversee in life all of that stuff you cannot deal with the approval of man addiction that is out there and be effective for where God wants to take you in life and so we've got to we've got to get to this realization man if I'm living for the for people, man, that, that is going to keep me for something. And so I've got to start to live for the things of God. And I've got to get to a place where my strategy is, is I want to know what God has for me. Because listen, if you live by the praises of men, then you'll die by their criticisms. Oh, yeah. Amen. If you're living for the praises of people, man, because here's the deal, when when you get their praises, you're good, but as soon as people stop seeing you, you're dying inside. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to live in such a way that you are free from the desire to want to prove things to people because you're living for the approval from God. And I would say it's a level of leadership in your life. It's And it's one of the reasons that for some of you that God has not been able to take you to the next level. That you have not seen that promotion in life because God knows that if he were give you that promotion in life right now that you would be so addicted to the approval of people that you are supposed to lead. And you can't lead people if you need them. Yeah, that's true. You can't take them to where God needs to take them if you're looking to them to give you the affirmation that only you should be getting from God. Listen, I love being your pastor, and, and I'm thankful that we have a church that is, is very, very loving and kind and affirming in life. But listen, I, I don't need your affirmation because I get it from the critics, and I get it from the people I love. And I don't need to hear from either one because your voice matters very little compared to God's voice. Right. And, and like I appreciate it, but at the end of the day, I'm living for an audience of one in my life. And that one is all that matters. That's why Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. Because if pleasing people were my goal, I wouldn't be Christ's servant. And so let me ask you a question. Who are you serving and who are you trying to please today? Because I'm not going to be effective if I try to make everybody happy. And some of you, your goal in life has been, how do I make everybody happy and like me? How's that working out for you? It's not working, is it? So let's find some freedom from this. Let's find the freedom that God gives us. And I think how we do that is we look at Jesus' life, who, while he was on earth, was celebrated... And while he was on earth was criticized and how was he able to stay so laser focused on the mission that God had given him for his life? It's pretty simple. He heard what God said at the beginning of his life and at the end of his life and he was listening to the Father and what he said about him and he understood who God said he was. And until you know who God says you are, you will constantly be steered toward the opinions of every other person in life. And so let me help you with this today. So if you're taking notes, number one is this, when I'm confused about what God says about me, I become consumed with what man says about me. When I'm confused about what God says about me, I become consumed with what man says about me. I don't know if you've ever been in this place and you've ever gotten to this point in life, but I, I find myself there many times where I go fishing for compliments. You know what I'm saying when you fish for compliments? You're, you're starting things and sentences and, and conversations hoping that somebody will respond to you in a positive way. And if you've ever been in one of those conversations, you know it's really awkward. Because you know what that person is trying to get from you. And I don't know about you, but I like to play hard to get. So I'm like, nah, we're not going to give you that. You know, and then, then it just messes you up even more. And so what you're doing is you're looking for validation from people who you were never called to get validation from. You aren't called to get your validation from people. You're called to get your validation from God. That's why at Coastal, we say all the time, man, we need to be students of God's word. Like, we've got to make this a priority in our life. It's why even on a Sunday morning, man, the first thing I do is I get up and before I study and all those things, I get in God's Word because I know that I'm going to encounter problems, I'm going to encounter people, and everybody's going to have an opinion of what I should do. They're like, you should do this, you should say that, you should go here, you should go where, but I want to know what does God say to me first? Like, what is he trying to say? Like, when is the last time you paused and went, God, what are you saying? Listen, I know what grandma wants you to do. I know what your parents want you to do. I know what your boyfriend wants you to do. I know what your friends say that you should do. But at what point do you go, you know what, I'm going to live for an audience of one. And what does God want me to do? You'll always be consumed with what man says about you if you don't know and are confused with what God says about you and listen God's not confused with what he says is right here in black and white he's not confused he's he's already spoken the words that's why you got to get in God's word when you feel empty when you feel lonely when you feel desperate you need to get to this place and be a student of his word John chapter 6 verse 63 Jesus says the spirit gives life The flesh counts for nothing. The words that I have spoken to you, you know what they are full of? They are full of spirit and life. You wanna know what will feed you? And what will grow your soul and will help you to be all that God has called you to be is you, you've you got to get in God's word and let it feed your soul, let it nourish you, let it transform you, let it identify you, let it build you, let it change you, let it transform you, let it catalyze the things that are in you. Because what you'll do if you do that, you will not be comparing yourself to the loudest voices in the world. You'll be comparing yourself to the only voice that matters in the world, which is found in God's word. And so when people say you're a failure, you'll be like, no, 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 I'm not a failure. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. When people call you a loser, you know, no, 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 no. I am the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When people say that, man, you're never going to amount to anything in life, man, you're going to say, no, 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 man, my, my God says that I am an overcomer and I'll overcome that and other things as well, because I know what God says about me in life. I thought about this last night. A guy, a guy rolled up to church, and he rolled up in a Rolls-Royce, and I was thinking to myself, man, I have never seen a commercial for a Rolls-Royce. Like, I've never seen them advertising on ABC, NBC. I, like, I just have never seen it. Maybe you watch more sophisticated TV than I do, but I've never seen a commercial for a Rolls-Royce. And I thought to myself, why, why is it that they don't run commercials like the other car companies run commercials? And I thought to myself, you know why they don't run commercials? Because they know their value. They they made a decision a long time ago. They they said, you know what, we're going to build the best and most expensive and most prestigious car that is out there, that is valuable. And if somebody does not recognize the value of our car, that's their fault, not ours. They don't advertise to everybody how valuable they are. They just put out an incredible product, and they just watch how the product sells itself instead of begging everybody like every other car company does. And I'm wondering if there's some people in here that value themselves on the cheap ends of things, and they're going, man, would you like me? Would you love me? Would you care about me? Can you see my value? And what you're doing is you're not realizing that in God's eyes, you are invaluable. Like you're not recognizing your worth and you're trying to sell everybody on your worth because you've never realized how valuable you are in God's eyes. And if you actually knew that, you wouldn't sell yourself like a cheap product because you're the apple of his eye. You're the cream of the crop. You've rose into the top. You need to get on it. So we don't need the praise of man when we realize that we are already pleasing to God. You are pleasing to God. You don't need that from people. Here's the second one, and it's, it's a mindset shift, and it's this, I work from approval, not for approval. That's right. Let me tell you what this means. When you give your life to Jesus, and you make a commitment to surrender and follow him, at that moment, and some of you, you've never made that decision, we're gonna give you an opportunity to do that at the end of this service, but for those of us that have made that decision, At that moment, something incredible happens. You go from being separated from God to all of a sudden you are in the family of God. Like in that moment, you have never been more saved and more a part of God's family than you are right there, right then at that moment. There's nothing in, beyond that moment that you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do beyond that moment to make him love you less. He loves you exactly the same. From that moment on, he has an everlasting love for you. We are approved by God in that moment. It's an incredible moment. Best way for me to describe this is, is uh, when, when, we, when we received our son, Alexander, uh, I, the day that he came out of the hospital, I remember him coming into our arms, and, and he was a part of our family. He was all of a sudden now a, a, a McCormick, and I remember telling him, listen, there are three rules in our home. There's three rules to being a McCormick. Number one, we love God. In our house, the McCormicks, we love God. Number two, we love our family. And number three, we win. That's, those are the rules. That's it. That's what we do. We love God. We love our family and we win. As long as you're like, down with that, that's, that's the McCormick standard in this house. To bear the McCormick name, that, that's what we all signed up for. Whether you signed up for it or not, you're in the McCormick family. And so when, when he was about two, one and a half years old, maybe, maybe getting to two years old, you know, all of a sudden he had this propensity, like every two year old, that he just wanted to punch things randomly. Come on, anybody ever getting punched by like a two-year-old? You're like, where did that come? Like out of nowhere, will just clock you in the jaw. I know somebody back there was just telling me about they got clocked in the jaw by their, their grandson. They're like, out of nowhere, he just punched me in the face. You know, it's like, where'd that come from? And like in that moment, I did not sit Alexander down and I didn't say, hey, listen. When you stop punching people, you can now become a McCormick. No, 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 that's not what I said to him. I said, listen, McCormick's number two, we love our family, which means you don't hit Shayla. You don't hit mom. Like, that's part of loving our family. We don't hit people. I didn't say to him, listen, when you stop hitting people, we're going to give you the name then. No, no, no. He already had the name. He, already, he was already a part of the family. He was already loved. He was fully embraced because that's how it works. When you are born into this, you get the family name. And when you are born into the family of God, you surrender to your life to Christ. You don't work for approval. You're already approved. You're not working for something. It's something that's already been given to you. And now God just wants to see you walk out the potential that he sees within you. How you can love God and love your family and win. Jesus said it like this in John 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I've made known to you. In other words, you're a part of the family. You get the family name. Somebody watching online right now, you need to hear that. You're a part of the family. Verse 16, he goes, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. You know what that fruit's gonna do? It is going to last. So whatever you ask in the name of the Father will the Father will give to you. That's good news for us today. We're in church today. And God shows you in spite of the fact that he knew you. Like, he knew you. He knew all the flaws. He knew all the screw-ups. He knows all the things that nobody else knew. And in spite of all that, he goes, you know what? I choose you. You know what he's doing today? He's still choosing you you and some of you you need this today you need the affirmation of god in your life because you aren't working for something you're not working for a position you're working from this place and no matter if nobody else chooses you in life you need to know that god has chosen you man that he has appointed you and he is calling you to bear incredible fruit in your life Because you are a part of the family of God. Because you're a part of the family, now you get to live up to the standard of the family name of what he's got for you in life. And the affirmation you need is is already found in your relationship with God. You just have to learn it. You have to know it. You have to understand it. Then number three, the affirmation that I have received is the affirmation that I am required to give this is my challenge for us is is what if we became a church like what if we became the people of God that chose to speak the word of God over other people I want to remind everybody that's here and everybody that's watching online that that you might be the only voice of God that the people at your workplace that that cashier at Publix that the neighbor that lives next to you that that Uh, kids' soccer team that your kids play on, you might be the only voice of God that they ever encounter in their life. You might be the only witness that they ever see in their life. You might be the only voice that they ever hear. How are you speaking? How are you communicating? How are you affirming those people in your life? Are you speaking the affirmation that God has spoken over you? That I've chosen you and I've set you apart. That you're a royal priesthood, a chosen nation. That you're a masterpiece. That, that God is, is word is filled with life. And because God's word is filled with life, my life is going to be filled with life. That I'm going to speak into your life. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21, it says this. The tongue can bring death or life those that love to talk will reap its consequences and i wonder what's coming out of our mouths what's coming out of our mouth to our spouse what's coming out of our mouth to our kids to our co-workers to our neighbors to our friends to our boss to our employees We're called to speak the affirmation that God spoke over us into other people's lives. I believe that's why Jesus was so effective here on this earth and why every time he spoke, it transformed and it impacted people because he was very much listening for what God was saying to him. And as soon as God would say it to him, man, he was reiterating it and speaking it over people's lives. And what would happen to us as a church if we decided in the middle of so much brokenness in the middle of so much fractured relationships and so much of a of a divided world we decided you know what we're not gonna we're not gonna live in the division we're gonna live in life and we're gonna choose to affirm people the way that God has chosen to affirm us I really believe that things would change and transform You have no idea the power of affirmation and what it can do and change in your life five or six years ago i was a can't tell now but i was a big crossfitter and uh i like i loved crossfit i i Ate, slept, breathed, CrossFit, and then I would work every once in a while at the church. It was probably why our church wasn't doing very good because uh, I was at the gym lifting weights and doing all this stuff. And I decided to enter into this CrossFit competition because I thought I was going to be like the next Rich Froning in the world. and And so I, I remember entering this competition, and and some some people from our church showed up to like cheer me on. and And I went into this competition, and and through like the first five different uh, competition rounds, like I didn't do very good. But I made it into the finals. I was in the top five. I was actually number five. Going into the final round, there was only five competitors that were chosen for it. And so we went into this final round, and I was like, man, I hadn't won anything. I would not even come close to Placing first, second, or third, and anything, and I'll never forget uh, my assistant. Her name is Melissa. In fact, she was up on the screen giving the 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 announcement. She was there, and how this how it happened to be is right at the end, this final round. I I happened to be placed like right in front of her, and so if you've never encountered Melissa, Melissa is like a ball of energy drank 17 red bulls and then chased it with like a, with like a monster like she is crazy and has tons of energy and is like so positive and so we start this competition and and I jump up, and I'm doing okay, and, and we get to this point where you have to do a thing called toast to bars, which is a hardcore exercise, and you jump up, and you hold on to a bar, and, and I have to do a hundred of them, and she yells at me, you're not gonna drop, and I'm like, yes, I am, and she goes, no, you're not, you can do that. and she just starts yelling at me, and do you know that I never dropped off that bar? I hit 100 a hundred toast to bar, uh, like in a, in, in a row, like last night, we had one of the top 20 um, like masters competitors here and he's like i can't even do that i was like i can't i don't even know how i did it but i went through it the entire time i ended up winning that thing it blew my mind all because somebody got in front of my face and started affirming me in life why because affirmation unlocks the abilities in other people yeah. Yeah. and there are some abilities in your kids there's some abilities in your spouse there's some abilities in your co-worker there's some abilities in the people that are around you are just waiting to be unlocked by your affirmation they're waiting to be unlocked by your words of life that God has called you to speak over the people that are in your world. That's why Ephesians chapter four, verse 29 says, don't let any unwholesome talk come from out of your mouth. but only, but only, but only, but only, only. Get up on me. No, only. I'm sorry, I just, said this. just. just. <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching too many reels on Instagram, okay. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. That word unwholesome there literally means anything that would tear people down. Other versions say corrupting. So, if it builds up your marriage, if it builds up your kids, if it builds up your friendships, if it builds up your church, and the word benefit there is actually translated as a grace of empowerment. So, when you speak over people, it builds them up with this empowerment so that they can continue to run the race that God has called them to. And I know some of you are struggling through a difficult season and a tough moment. And God wants to impart this benefit on you today. He wants to impart this grace on you today where you can move forward, where you can finish, where you can do what God has called you to do. But you gotta receive that affirmation from him today. Let me close with this. About four years into my ministry, career that's the only way i know how to describe it i was i was a pastor at this church called bayside community church i was one of the associate pastors and uh i had this moment where where i totally screwed up like i did something really really bad i actually turned people away from god and i remember just the shame that came with that the, the the feelings of inadequacy as a pastor in those moments and and I remember right after that happening, uh, my pastor, his name is Randy. He he's like TJ, we're gonna we need to have a conversation. I knew exactly what it's gonna be about. It's gonna be about what had just happened in this scenario where, where I screwed up. And I remember going into that meeting, and and I just I just I just kind of threw up the confession right out of my life. like man I screwed up. I don't even know what happened. I'm not even sure how that all transpired. But at the end of the day, it's all my fault. And I just started going into and I thought for sure man I'm getting fired here, because uh, I, I messed up royally. I screwed up really 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 bad and and I remember him going yes you screwed up here really really bad but I'm not as concerned about your screw up as I am your future because I know what God has for you in your life I I can see the future in your life and I don't think you have a big enough picture of where God is trying to take you so you're not realizing the power of your words and your influence and so I want you to get a revelation of what is in your future of your life so that you can live today in the power that he has called you to live in and some of us here today we don't have a clear picture of what god wants to do in our lives and we need to start getting a clear picture and the greatest way that we can do that is getting god's word and get around some good people because people tend to become what the most important people in their lives believe about them and if you don't have the right people in your life you're going to be believing the wrong things about your life And so you need to get the right people in your life. And it's it's important for parents, it's important for bosses, it's important for leaders, it's important for church people. We are called to be the affirmation that people need for people in their life. And listen, I don't consider myself to be the most important person in your life. But I do consider myself to be an important person in your life. I figure you're coming to church here because you think that God has empowered me with some important things to say to you. And to impart into you. And I think that there is a a group of people that are, are, and I don't wanna say this arrogantly, but you're, you're, you're lacking in the knowledge of the reality of what God says about you. And your lack is hurting you. And so today, what I wanna do is, is I wanna speak some of the things that God says to you that maybe you're unaware of over you. because you don't know how affirmed you are until you start to hear it in your life. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me just speak some things over you as we close out this service. I want you to know that as soon as you made a decision to follow Jesus, you are forgiven and you're not forgiven partially, you're forgiven completely. You need to know that God is on your side That God is for you, that He is not against you, that He has got your back, that He chose you, He formed you, He fashioned you, He put you together intricately, and uniquely, and completely, and and gave you a unique calling, and a unique gift, and a unique skill set, and a unique plan for your life, and I know you go, well, I don't fit in, you weren't called to conform, you were called to transform. And for some of us, it's time for us to realize that we're not called to fit in, we're called to transform this world because we are more than a conqueror through Christ who gives us strength. We are more than enough through the power of Jesus that we can do all things through our God who gives us strength, that we are the righteousness of God, that we are a chosen people, we are a royal priesthood, like we are called to be kings and queens in the kingdom of God. You are part of of a kingdom that is greater, that you are the head and not the tail, that you are above and not beneath it, Everything you are to put your hand to, you are to prosper because you've got God on your side. You're called to be salt. You're called to be lights. And the life that he's promised you is, is not just life, but it's a more abundant life. And some of us need to receive his grace and his mercy and his peace and his patience and his loving kindness here today. That maybe nobody else accepted you in life. God wants you to know that you're accepted right here, right now, just as you are. That you are loved right here, right now, more than you've ever been loved with with an everlasting love. With an agape love, an unconditional, supernatural love of God. Maybe there's some of you in here today that have never experienced what I'm talking about. This God that loves you so much that he wasn't about establishing rules or religion. He was about a relationship. And you know, the only way to solve the problem in our life was to send a savior for our life. And he gave up his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to lead a perfect life, a life that we could not do on our own and pay a sinner's death on the cross of Calvary and die, and three days later rise from the grave, defeating death, hell, and the grave, so we would never have to encounter it in our lives. And maybe today you need to receive his love, you need to receive his acceptance, you need to receive his affirmation. It begins with a simple prayer. If that's you, you need to do that here today, or maybe you need to come back to that here today with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you just slip your hand up at the count of three, I'd love to pray with you. One, two, three. Yes, ma'am, number one, I see you. Yes, sir, two, I see you right there. Who else? Yes, sir, three over here. Who else? Yes, ma'am, four, I see you right there. Anybody else? Don't miss your moment. Yes, ma'am, I see you right there, five. Five. If you pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud and say, God, thank you so much for loving me in the middle of my mess and loving me enough that you were not willing to leave me in the middle of the mess, but you came through your son Jesus to meet me right here in this moment. God, thank you for dying for my sins. Forgive me. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Come into my life. Fill me with your love and your peace and your mercy. Help me to experience your acceptance and your affirmation and your love like I never have before. God, I ask you to rule and reign in my life. I surrender my will and my way to you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.